Welcome to Fitness for Real Life podcast. I am your host, Zach Gonzalez. Everything you need to know to achieve your fitness goals while still enjoying life is in this podcast. Let's get into it. Right, guys, welcome to Fitness for Real Life again. Today, we've got a very special guest. We've got Andre who is a coach in the UK and is an online coach. He's a very good lad. We both work in the same uh, city and the same facilities. And we just, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We're going to both share some opinions towards the fitness industry and where we think it's going. We're going to share some stories behind, you know, the coaching process, clients. So we're going to keep it fun, right? So how are you, Andre? You good? Hello, everyone, first. And... Um... Thank you for inviting me to this podcast. Uh, I'm going to be honest, it's the first podcast I'm doing, definitely. And um, I will try to, to get the best out of it in regards to the questions that you have. And obviously, just having some good time. All good here. You? Yeah, of course, man. I'm well, I'm well. I'm here in my little recording studio slash office slash training space. <laughs> so, uh, well, first of all, we want to know who is Andre? uh why why what what is your passion behind fitness why did you decide to take your career in in terms of becoming a coach tell, tell us tell us a little bit about, about yourself all right so the pathway is pretty long so i'll just try to summarize it for you um i started to play football um when i was a kid probably about six seven um my dad just uh, basically shared his passion with me. He's been a semi-professional football player. So I just got all that passion from him, uh, tried to get involved. I played for quite a long time. I got uh, to a semi-professional level as well in Romania. Um, so last year I played semi-professional there just before starting university in UK. And um, I just couldn't keep going anymore because injury accumulation um, and physically I, I felt like I couldn't keep it up anymore. Um, so everything just came and basically created a big, um, I don't know, hill for me in which I couldn't just um, go forward anymore and just decided to, to pursue the same uh, aspirations, but through a different way. So I just decided to come here and just study sports science. Um, after that, obviously, um, I finished the degree in sport and exercise science. I work as a, as a PT on the side. Um, and the main interest I had since I uh, finished my football career was injury prevention, sport rehabilitation. Um, and that's purely because the people which tried to help me at that time uh, to go and recover after my, my injuries just didn't do a pretty good job. Uh, so I ended up just wanting to uh, see what was wrong with me. So be selfish initially, but after that, just try to get more people um, engaged and try to help others as well. Man, that is, that's amazing. That's amazing because uh, we, we've actually, even though we had loads of chats, but we never had this conversation and we had exactly the same story where we're coming from semi-professional or professional sports, like your case was basketball, your case was football, mine was basketball. And we're coming from a place where, because we couldn't keep up with injuries, uh, mine was MCL. Um, I don't know what, what, what happened with yours, but 
then we that that was the main kind of like ignition the the initial fire saying oh really if i if i if i did back in the day if i was surrounded by individuals and other trainers who actually told me a little bit about injury prevention then you know we you might be you, you could have been playing football i could have been playing basketball you know but but here, here we are today you know and helping helping a lot of people I love that, man. I love that. You know what? I believe, what do you think about this? But I have, I have this thing where the best coaches and the most inspiring people that I met are always very passionate towards um, achieving a successful level in, in a sport. You know, so I'm talking about, you know, uh, uh, um, what you call it, uh, hockey. I'm talking about football basketball you know everyone who i've met all the coaches that are very very successful and very very passionate about their field they've all had like a bit of a professional uh, background what do you think yeah i think it's really happening that you are a kid and you are just saying you know i, I want to become a coach that never happens it's just starting for your own passion and at some point for a lot of us that passion has to end in some form so you just need to find something else for which you can carry your passion and just share it with other people yeah absolutely absolutely but i love that man i didn't know i didn't know at all you know so that's what that's what link link that's the link between us <laughs> so yeah i didn't get i didn't get much information about your background as well i obviously knew that you were you you played basketball at a pretty good level but i didn't know about your injuries and that was the actual cause of pursuing the coach uh, profession as well so it's interesting to know of course i mean for for, for me it's it, let me tell you this for me, it was the case when, when the MCL and when the MCL happened, and it wasn't only the MCL, you know. But we'll keep it in MCL just for now, because people are going to be like, "What this? What are these guys talking about?" But let's say MCL, uh, let's say ankle, it was involved as well. So anyway, long story short, after after what happened in the match, um, the doctor said, "Oh, these these the rehabilitation process is going to be a mess, and you're probably never going to be able to walk properly again or have some certain stability." forget about squatting right and that that was at that point that's when I started with the whole strength and conditioning but and that was the first coach that I had in the basketball kind of like world and I remember and remember and I, I met I came back a couple of years ago to Spain and I had a meeting with all of them again it was so satisfying putting my middle finger up to all of them and say yeah, do you remember this face <laughs> saying that uh, I didn't want to I wasn't going to do anything. Uh, obviously, basketball, it was finished for me because I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with it. But in terms of squatting, you know, I was squatting uh, five plates and I was like, squatting eight plates aside. And I was like, we're showing in the videos and walking around and obviously developing my, my, my physique 25 kilos later. And they were all like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, so that's what you get. Go and study your freaking books and then give some advice to people. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> what, what yeah, yeah, I have a different uh, thing. I have a different, actually, different, uh, different, similar story with exactly what you said now. So um, the last year when I played football back in Romania, I was just very confused. I had no idea what I'm going to do. I knew that I want to pursue just uh, being active and um, just helping others as well. But it was pretty hard to decide about just remaining in the country because the, the universities that I could go there, they were not that appealing for me. Uh, so I kept going with my rehabilitation. It didn't do anything. So at the end, I decided, okay, I'm going to just go in UK. 
And the interesting part is like, as you said, about going back to Spain, uh, I, I still see the people which, are, which have been rehabilitating me in that last year, and they are still posting the same rubbish uh, things that they used <laughs> to treat me. And I just started to comment on it and I just uh, became a bit angry about it Love because it. of my just emotions. And yeah, I've been, I've been spending the last year be, uh, before coming here just doing uh, a lot of ultrasound um, and a lot of kinesio tape as well. That's what the rehab process was for me. Uh, massage, kinesio tape, ultrasound, three main elements. And obviously that does not include anything active within uh, the rehabilitation protocol and it didn't help me at all. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know what, the, the funny thing is that this the same approach that I've got right now that I've been using for so many years. It, it goes all the way back, and I'm sure you can relate to this as well. It goes all the way back to when I was 16, and I thought, I'm sure if you build muscle around a joint and you create some stability around it, most of the problems will go away. So I don't, I'm not sure because I was exactly the same, ultras, ultrasounds 24-7 and physio. And I was like, this is clearly not working. So why don't we try a different approach? And then after, after having a conversation with this guy who's actually a player from the from the main basketball team, who is now in the NBA. Um, he said, why do you try more strength and conditioning work, but towards the hypertrophy, towards building muscle? And here I am today, you know, stronger than ever and injury-free. So, but what's the lesson? What we're trying to say here, guys, is not don't trust anyone. But unfortunately, and this is a topic that we're going to cover later, it's going to be quite fun, actually, because I don't know what's under your opinion. Let's see if we have the same opinion. Um, in terms of the fitness industry, there's something really, really common where people, people, they just talk shit. You know, something they, they read something on Facebook by someone who has no name or anything and they just take it for granted. And it's like, oh, that's the way it works. You know, and then, so, but we have good names. Like we have Aaron here for body mechanics. We have so many amazing features in osteopath that actually tell you, you know, what's the truth and what should be the, the kind of like the rehab process. So, Yes, man. So we're in the same boat. Good, good. Love it. So just your main reason, because uh, again, we're sharing this, the same story, your main reason to come here to the UK, it was to become a better coach. Uh, I, I didn't have a specific pathway I was thinking of. I just wanted to, to study sports science and I wanted to study physiology, anatomy. For a long time, I thought I'm going to become a physiologist because I was pretty good at physiology and um, just talking about aerobic and aerobic systems, just taking blood samples and this kind of stuff. Um, but at the end, when I finished the degree, I realized that the thing that I needed the most was more knowledge in regards to anatomy, because I went through all the PT courses, even my sport and exercise science degree did not give you enough information about anatomy. And I think that's one big element, which is um, underestimated within this industry. Even when you go and you do your PT qualification, you have to, to know basic information about uh, muscle insertions and origins, but they are not in a very practical uh, method delivered. So because of that, you go to the, your, your, your test and you just go, you have three options, A, B, C, uh, which mm -hmm. is the insertion of your lats and you have ankle, you have neck <laughs> and you have uh, knee and you go uh, for the fourth one, which is obviously is, is uh, humerus yeah. or uh, the trunk. 
So, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I can relate to that because I remember doing my exam and just thinking, <laughs> wow, the standard. And again, this is not us guys sending full of ourselves, but we just know that the standard of the of the PT qualifications, the PT courses, they, they, they're quite low, unfortunately, because, well, let's not, it's just not, we'll save this until later. We'll save this into like the main uh, fitness right. industry yeah. stuff, right? Now, moving into, moving into the next topic. So we know now who is Andre. Is this 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 crazy dude from Romania? Who likes to hack squat and train like a beast. So we share the passion for training. Good for helping people. Good, good. Tick, tick. Now we want to know your biggest lessons from training. Boom! It's what a bomb. It's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be hard to just give you one lesson. Like probably a, few, a lot a of few. my lessons I go from from my own training. One thing which I'm I'm trying to and I'm 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 I've been doing that for a long time. Um, probably trying to getting um, results faster than is possible and expected. So yeah. you you know those points when you when you are overly motivated and you try to get closer to your goals and you do not understand that getting yourself in that point requires a lot of patience requires mm-hmm. time requires work and what i've been doing for a long time is just overtraining, and i've been doing that during my football career as well and i'm pretty sure you did that as well during your basketball career because that's what's happening if you you want to become the greatest player you want to be the best and you just fall in that path in which you think that if you train more if you train longer you're going to get better and unfortunately that's not happening and that's the way I go. A lot of overuse injuries, chronic injuries, which are bothering me even today. Absolutely, I I couldn't agree more because that's what happened with my uh, with my all the injuries that I had, like the serious ones. The bit of consequence of doing basketball, Muay Thai, skateboarding, snowboarding, all at once. You know, I thought I was Superman, and then obviously you injured yourself, and it's like, oh, yeah. actually. But I couldn't agree more. And, and let me tell you something. Because this, this tells you of a little bit about my, my psychology behind training, like we were talking earlier. So what are you saying then about not doing more is better? And obviously, you, you were going full on, on it, and then you were getting injured, etc. Now, what, ha- what, what happened with my psychology is, I've, let me tell you a story. Andre and everyone. The, the first ever gym that I signed up, it was this rough. I remember just being just 15. I had a full on beard. So I just liked saying that I was 16, but I was 15. <laughs> and I said uh, it was just rough, uh, dirty, pure, hardcore bodybuilding sort of gym. And I remember just walking in there and just obviously walking around doing stupid stuff. And I remember having a, a conversation with this guy. He was old, he was like 55, 60. But it was proper. It was proper. I just destroyed. And the guy took me pretty much under his wing and then told me how to train. Now, probably looking back, some of the techniques, they were really, really wrong, right? But a concept that he told me was that he said, Zach, you need to understand the way you want to train and the way you want to approach every single set. He's like, you were telling me, you were explaining to me, you explained to your training partner and people around you, who is Zach? And I was like, fucking hell, this is deep. 
this this thing is deep. What is this guy on about? I was like, they're 15. I was like, is this some sort of cult of religion or what? <laughs> but then as I was training and as, as I grew up and had all of these demons inside myself, you know, getting injured and not being big enough, not being strong enough and everything else, as you've seen yourself progressing. This, when I found this progressive overload of whatever approach you want to call it, where it is, you know, this, this, this kind of, this method of training where you do, what you have one working set and a, and a deload, right? Or a back off set. So you go full on balls out on one set and then the next one is going to be a back off, right? And that, that method of training worked for me because it worked with my psychology of saying, I'm going to show you who I am, motherfucker. And I'll go full on on it. I'll destroy myself on the hack squad, just one set. And then the next one will be uh, back off. But linking back into what you're saying, that actually worked for me because I was doing less work. I was doing a working sets per training session and I was growing. I was getting stronger. You know, and I was planning deloads around it. I wasn't getting injured or anything. I mean, so I just, I just, I love what you said there because it's just so true how people think. Do you want to be a more muscle? More sets. You want to be a more muscle? More weight? More sets? You need to train for two hours, for three hours. Like, guys, girls, you don't know this, but the amount of times that Andre and myself joke at the gym because <laughs> it's like, have you seen that guy? Yeah, yeah, he's been here for four hours. Four hours? <laughs> four hours training? Are you mad? <laughs> or people yeah, training, that's... people training two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a big concept, big misconception, and it happens a lot even nowadays. And as as you said, like literally, there was one guy at the gym just being around for four hours. I'm not joking. Like he was, I finished my shift and he was still there. Uh, I closed the gym and he was still there. Like, and that's that's obviously from that uh, perception and perspective that if you want more, you need to do more. Whereas, actually, in the fitness industry, is you train less over time but you train more efficient i started the same i've been training every day seven days a week no rest days because uh physically i could i i could keep doing that because the intensity wasn't there so that's the, the biggest element which happens you get a lot for high frequency you can train seven days a week but as long as your intensity is not there it's not going to be as effective and that's the main the the main element that you could change and and during a few years of training, you would be able to see that you spend much less time in a gym. You spend one hour, one hour and 20 minutes, one hour and a half max, and the results are better than they were at the beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I remember speaking with uh, one of my mates, one of my, uh, another coach, because he was asking me about my brother, my little brother. Right? So my little brother turned up 16, and he said, Zach, you need to train me. I'm going to do everything you said. So his environment was awful because everyone was saying, oh man, you're 16, you're going to train like a beast, just train every single day, seven days a week. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're going to start with three days a week. And then maximum, you're going to go to four days a week. And the training is going to be disgusting and you're going to be eating like a pig. And he put 15 kilos in 11 months. Now you bring a person who's put that amount of weight. You know that beginners, they progress quite, quite fast. Well, I didn't put that, that amount of weight when I first started training. No, no, not at all, you know? And so that shows you how if you're planning things correctly yeah. from day one and you understand that all these stimulus that you're creating at the gym, and we can, it's, it looks like we're just talking about bodybuilding here, but you can move it on every single 
goal we can say if we, if we transpose this to weight loss and especially to some of the females that I work with where they think doing more is better and it's like then you're dealing with things like insulin resistance and bloating and awful things that are actually setting you back and they're like oh but my my other coach told me to do a giant set with a, a hack squat into the walking lunges into leg extension I'm there putting my hands over saying what the yeah. fuck yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it makes sense. Like, pro- probably at the beginning, when I started to work as a PT, I was, I was having that mindset of just using giant sets, presets. And I go now to a point where I'm, I'm, I'm not using supersets. So in my clients' programs, you won't see a superset. Very rarely you see a superset. The, the most of the exercises are just multiple sets. Um, Absolutely. I said to them that you need to hear them first. In terms of like, you need to hear them. Like your body needs, needs to be able to to cope with that level of intensity, you know, otherwise yeah. you're shooting yourself in the foot, you know, Mate, yeah. we had, a, we had a lot of stuff from, from training, uh, what do you call it? Like lessons from training, you know, this is, this is only one, obviously we said, we both said injuries and how we could do things better. You know, we could talk about the impact on your psychology and how the gym becomes a really a, a big part of your life. We could talk about, so many other factors, you know, but we could talk about how driven you become by seeing results and how that impacts your business and your life and blah, blah, blah. But not today. That's another, that's another day. So moving into the next question, guys, we've got, um, how do you see the fitness industry? Where do you think it's going? Now, I'm going to go first on this, right? So what what's my, my honest opinion in the fitness industry, right? So First of all, I, I like to think that I'm a very, very focused person and I like to, you know, follow my own path and follow my own kind of like uh, steps, journey and not look look too much outside, you know, because I think it's very contaminating, if that makes sense. But obviously you go through Instagram, you go through your social media and obviously people on my DMs or my Facebook page constantly saying, oh, inquiring. And, you know, you hear stories about, the coaches they're coming from and the approach from them coaches and the things that they've been taught. And it makes, and it, it, sometimes it makes you think, I'm just going to throw myself out of the window, you know, because it's crazy. It's crazy, you know, because in my head when I first started coaching. So the first of the client was when I was 16, right? And it was a guy, I wasn't even qualified. I got qualified after training him by the IVB, the IVB professional, right? And this guy was really, really fat and he wanted to be a police officer. And with the bare minimum knowledge that I had, he went through the, all, of the, all of the training. And now he's, the, he's not only a police officer, but he's the head uh, police officer from the town that I used to live, right? And why am I saying this? Because I put all my knowledge and all my time and my passion to help this guy. I didn't charge him a penny. I did it for free. Because I wanted, to, I wanted to test myself so bad and I wanted to progress so bad. I just did it for free. You know, and I think this is the main difference between the, the constant question that I ask so many coaches. When I meet a coach, I, think, I don't think I've asked you this question, but when I normally meet, meet a coach, I trigger them with this question. Will you, do, will you do exactly the same thing you do for free? And I want the answer to be yes. I, I fucking love helping people, you know? And I think... Where you go on social media and you see people, uh, you want to know how to go from zero clients to 150 clients in a month and and earn 15 grand and whatever. It's like they obviously it's very easy to 
attract the, that kind of trainer, that kind of person which is desperate for money, but not necessarily desperate to help people. You know, and I think that's the biggest misconception where someone is passionate. And again, guys, Andre is not the only guy that I know or girl that is really, really passionate about their own craft. You know, I know many other people and those are the people that succeed, you know, and I believe that if in this industry and it links with the next question, where do you think this industry is going? In an industry, the, the good leaders, they're always going to excel and they're always going to go above all the shit, you know? So um, I was just speaking the other day with some of the managers from, from my gym and I think we've seen 30, the time that I've been in the gym that I am right now, two years, I've seen 38 people coming in and out. So that tells you the level of passion that the industry has, has. And then tells you that the actual people who have a full diary all the time, they're willing to put the, uh, all, the, all the effort for the clients, they're going to succeed. You know, so where everyone is complaining about the fitness industry saying, oh, it's a shit all and it's an absolute joke. And I feel like PTs are freaking prostitutes right nowadays. <laughs> I, ha- I-, I would like to see myself uh, with a bit more hope. A bit more clarity, you know, and we have things people like you said, uh, and I said we got people like Aaron, Aaron from Mofomori and Money Mechanics. I'm always sending them in, sending them my clients to just make sure they they find with with an injury free. We got so many other physiotherapists and so much people like the muscle nerds and the muscle mentors just putting good content out there for another PTs, you know. So that's my question. It's a bit long answer, that, but that's my answer. Sorry. <laughs> now, Andrew, uh, you, what are you thinking? Your answer. Your, your answer seems to be a bit prepared, so I don't have such a prepared answer. Um, <laughs> no, but, no, I didn't um, prepare it, I, I promise. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, I definitely agree with you that there is a difference between business and fitness. And obviously, a lot of people are now trying to be successful on the business side of it, forgetting about the purpose, the actual purpose of what fitness is. Um, the main thing is, obviously... I want to just comment a bit on what you said and maybe try to answer for my comment on what you said is that people which are looking to get a lot of money out of business are not going to be able to be resilient enough to succeed because I've been doing this for a long time and I, I probably have been doing it for free much more than I've been doing it for money. Um, so especially at the beginning is, is not like is a choice at some point it might be a choice when you want to, to help someone as well but you need to be able to help people for free in order to get yourself maybe a social proof be able to create a group and able to uh, get some money out of it at the end uh, it's like a process and if you're looking to get straight into the business side of it is not it's not going to work or it might work but if, it, if it's going to work you you I don't think you you are really prepared to help those people. Of course. You just might get your money and that's it. I, I, I know where you're coming from. It's like if if I like to think that a couple of things. Number one, if I if I gave a beginner trainer all of a sudden a full diary, said so I'm gonna give you twenty clients twice a week, you know, they wouldn't probably know how to how to deal with it, how to handle it. And they will fail because they don't have the either the kind of like the management skills, let's say the financial skills, the you know being organized with the whole programming and keeping up with everything. So they wouldn't even know. 
And then on the on the flip yeah. side, like you're saying, we've all the beginning. I remember back in the day, as I said, for the first couple of years uh, back in Spain, being a teenager, um, obviously things went in a different way, and I didn't pursue a coaching career for a while, and then I come back to it. But again, I was I was working for free for clients, and this is not me uh, thinking. I'm not good enough and people on the serve to pay me. It's like bottom line, just wanted to help them, you know, and I wanted to create a reputation. And then years go by and obviously you go through the profiles, Instagram profiles, Facebook profiles, and we're trying to chase people or people are trying to find coaches that actually have source of proof. You know, there's a lot of people out there saying, oh yeah, my, my coaching works and blah, 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 blah. But then let me see your results. Let me see the way you speak. And everything else you see where i'm coming from so that's why i'm very clear that i know the people on it the coaches that are on it and they generally are out there who want to um help people it's quite obvious and you guys and girls you can you can find them you know because i've got constantly people on my dm saying i'm based in liverpool i can't find a decent coach and i'm like come on of course you can <laughs> it's not like there's only three good coaches in the in the industry there's plenty it's plenty Right. Well, I know, I know what you mean. It's like, yeah, that's, I think from, from a different perspective, from the client perspective as well, that created a lot of skepticism as well, because you see so many people which are promoting so many things and you, you don't know what to, to believe in. And I get people in my DMs as well, which are asking me. So uh, no, obviously not everyone, but I, I, I get people which I can see for their replies that they don't have the trust even though yeah. after they see the social proof, after they see the messages, because of their previous experiences, they just don't have the, tr- the, the, the trust to invest in, in their health because they might think it's another scam or they might think that it's another guy who's going to take their money. Absolutely. And that happens Absolutely. quite often. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that reminds me to a conversation that I had, uh, I think it was summer. Yeah, summer last year when I first started working with this client and she, 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 she was coming back from... Slimming world, have a life. I mean, you name it, right? You name it. She's been everywhere. Every single diet, she's done it, right? And when I said to her in the consultation, um, explain to her the process and how you should be eating more of the good things, increasing your, we're going to increase your calories and blah, 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 blah. And she was like, what a second. So you're telling me that I'm going to be eating more and, you're going to, and I'm going to lose weight. That sounds a bit suspicious. And I started laughing, you know, because yeah. I was like, you you are doing good by being yep. suspicious but bottom line then i posted it today i picked it over before and after you know it's not even a before and after it's literally just the process and I had so many people on my dms and i'm like she's heavier on the picture that she looks better and she's eating i think 450 calories a day more than what she used to eat. so she's pretty much in 2000 calories calories a day you know and people don't believe that but it's like, it's exactly what you said when, unfortunately, we're still fighting the whole magical detox coffee. You know, I, I see them in the bus. You know, I'm driving with a car and you see them in the bus, like magical detox coffee or mm. try these uh, new pharmaceutical products and you lose 30 pounds in the next 30 days, whatever. Just think to yourself, <laughs> why is all of this going to stop? You know? I agree. I and agree. about what you said about calories as well. You said that obviously she was a bit skeptical when you said about eating more and still still losing body fat percentage. And 
Uh, I think that comes hand in hand with do more, you're going to get more. Do less, you're going to get less in terms of the, of the food intake. So a lot of people are, and I have clients, a lot of uh, female clients, which I'm struggling to increase their calories because I'm, I'm telling her, okay, we are engaging to resistance training now. We need to increase the, we increase the number of calories. And just because of the previous experiences, um, this, uh, these clients are just unable to increase their, their, their food intake and they are struggling to, to, to increase them from a psychological perspective because they think, well, what's going to happen? I'm going to get fat because I eat more. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, honestly, yesterday, Andre and myself, we have this son on the same wavelength. I'm going to marry this guy. <laughs> no. Uh, but literally yesterday, I was blurring the video about this, about the psychology behind food, right? And as much as it's very easy to, um, to say, for Andre and myself, you know, if you are one of our clients, it will be very easy to say, this is your diet plan, this is your training plan, go and do it. But we both know that it's not going to work because you, we need, you need an approach that actually suits your psychology and the psychology behind your food, the psychology behind your training and your lifestyle and everything else. And that's when coaching yeah. uh, kicks in. And this is why it does my editing when on Facebook constantly, I'm just, my clients are, um, the sort of people right now saying, I'm, fi- I'm trying to find a coach, blah, 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 blah. So one of my clients tags me on the post and then these people get in touch. And there's always, always, always someone on the post saying, oh, I've loaded this up. It's better than a PT and it's cheaper than a PT. You know, and I just think, fuck off. <laughs> it's like, you don't yeah. even know what, 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 what's the support that I give every single day to clients and what's, what, what's, what is going on in the, on the background and how much emotional attachment i'm putting to my clients and how fucking bad i wanted to succeed you know and i'm sure you 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 experienced something like that yeah yeah uh, I, I can give you a pretty simple example you see some people which are trying to advertise their coaching uh, um program and they are just writing i don't know you have weekly check-ins you have your own individual training program own individual nutrition and when it comes to actually training someone and coaching someone is is not that what you actually get because you have you go for different uh, things which are not happening on a on a on a daily basis with a client so just to give you a simple example on, on this from a psychological perspective as you said i had someone who um couldn't so you have a calorie target yeah so she was flexible dieting she couldn't um, keep it up with the target. She wanted all the time to be about 100 calories below the target because that's, again, the same approach, eating less, getting uh, better results. So in order to, to be able to um, help that client, I have to try to explain it first. Obviously, it didn't work. So all I did was just to adjust the calorie intake in such a way that she's still going to be uh, under 100 calories when it, when it shows on the target, but actually she's going to be on the right number of calories when she's eating. That makes sense. That's it. So it's just an individual based process. Uh, it depends on every person. You, ha- you know what is right for them. You try to explain to them and you're trying to implement to them depending on their individual features. It's not something that is going to work with someone else. So it might work, it might not work. Of course. And again, I love that. A couple of comments on that is I've had... Um experiences where when like like you said right now there with your client we i say okay we're going to increase we're going to run into three lessons a week we're going to be doing four resistance training 
and I'm going to include a couple of movements that are going to be more, more kind of like, let's say toxic, even though it sounds bad, but you understand me, toxic uh, on the nervous system, you know, so things like hack squats, whatever, you know, something that the client is going to do and they're going to be like, whoa, this is hard, right? And then when I say because of it, we're going to put your calories up slightly. And then they go away. I send an nutritional update on different meal choices and how can they structure everything. This could be a diet plan or this could be a meal plan. Anyway, they go away. They don't do it. They keep the calories the same, but they do the exercise. And then they come back to me on the check-in next week. They're like, oh, I've been so tired. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't really. I felt like I was just so sluggish. And I was like, I told you. I told you. You need to put your calories up. And then they put the calories up magically. Whoa, I'm alive again. You know, that on one side and then the other <laughs> side, the psychology and how I trick people in a good way for their own benefit. But every single time that I send a data plan out now to people more towards powerlifting, bodybuilding, but more like strategical goals, I don't send them the calories. I send them the meals. That's it. Because I remove the, the psychological factor where they're thinking, oh, I'm eating 3,000 calories. I'm eating 4,000 calories. You don't know what, what you're eating. You mm-hmm. just know that you eat. Those are the foods you need to eat. Done. You know, so yeah. I, man, I couldn't agree yeah. more with what you're saying. It's just, uh, it's just constantly like the tough, what's it, what's it called? The tough war, isn't it? Tug of war with the rope thingy. Pulling and pushing, pulling and pushing. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. yeah. And now and- moving. Go on, go on. Hopefully, I replied. Like obviously, the the overall idea of the fitness industry is that is is very diverse. You get a lot of good quality people. You get a lot of not that good quality people. You just have to be critically about it when you choose your circle and when you choose your coach, um, because no one else is going to do it for you. Absolutely, I think it was quite clear. What do you think, guys? I think Andrew is quite clear. We are on the podcast. I'm going to call this the international podcast, right? Because it's called Fitness for Real Life. But Andre from Romania. I'm Spanish. The next host is going to be from Spain as well, you know? So everybody is from every, every single place apart from the UK. <laughs> Just realize that. <laughs> you didn't make too many friends around, did you? Know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have British friends, mate. <laughs> I, have, I have plenty of good friends. Come on, come on. Right, so... And we're going to wrap it up with uh, really, really, uh, the, the fun. We're going to wrap it up with some fun. Myths and legends. Stories. Right. So myth, myths, and I'm going to start on this. I'm going to start on this <laughs> to give you a bit of, a bit of like help and uh, context. So myth and legends that you've experienced as a coach. So for instance, I've, I've experienced the typical... Uh, you know, you do, you do the questionnaire with the client, you take them to the, the consultation forms and everything. And then they're like, I can't, um, I don't, I don't need caps because caps are really bad for you. And if I eat caps, I only have a piece of chocolate uh, just before bed because it really helps me sleep. You know, and I just, I'm just there thinking, not from, not from a place of anger or a place of thinking this person is idiot, is an, is an imbecile, of course not. But from a place of thinking 21st century, we're discovering massive vaccines and amazing, amazing processes of, uh, you know, within like the evolutional and in different industries, you know, technologies, you know, the phones, laptops and so much power. 
And this person is telling me this crap is still about carbohydrates. Carbs are really bad for me. Carbs, they make me fat. You know, that, that sort of stuff. So I'll start with that one. Obviously, on the back of that, there was a lot of explanation with always with clients in terms of carbohydrates and education of what's the carb, what's the protein, everything. But anyway, we've got uh, females uh, females that train hard and, and train at the gym, they get too big. They build a lot of muscle. If you're a female and you train like, Obviously. like, well, like a bodybuilder, like body you're going to yeah. get massive. Right, right. Actually, yeah, I got this one very, like, recently. Recently, last time I've been in a gym. Last time I trained someone. Yeah. I go for it. So that's the, that's the exact, the, the, the example that you just mentioned. Uh, so I found someone who was not doing any, the, the, actual, the person was doing a lower body session and they were not doing any calves exercises or nothing, dorsiflexion, plantar flexion within the ankle. So again, I asked them, why is that? And obviously they said, because they don't want to have big calves. And I'm telling you, like, I'm, I'm training cows for four years now, and it's, it's just not happening. <laughs> <laughs> so just doing Mate. one exercise. Yeah. Mate, I'm the same. I'm the same. It's like cows is such a, such a bastard of a muscle group, isn't it? I'm training four times a week yeah. now as well. And I've, I've seen some results, but obviously when you see someone with massive calves, you ask them, oh, what do you do for your calves? Pff, I don't even train them. And I'm like, busted. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's, a good, that's a good perspective as well, because like maybe that person wasn't training because they were having already massive calves. But yeah, I haven't got in that many details. But no, I'm, I'm going to give you a good example. I want to give you something for your listeners to be like, fucking hell, I didn't know about this. So another, uh, another myth and legend is that if you have too much protein, it will, it, will, it will hurt your kidneys. And with your kidneys will explode. Yeah. Both of them they will explode like a balloon. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this show. The, the, the problem about this one, right? This is why people, you know, I'm a nice guy. You know, I'm not ranting all the time. But I've had this one from growing up from one of my mom's friends. She was a nurse, right? I'm not saying all oh, the nurses... I like this. I had nurses clients that are absolutely on point and they could teach me hormones and so much stuff all day long, right? But this one specifically was the very typical old school. And she went, if you're having too much protein, especially that protein powder, you're not going to be able to filter a properly in your kidneys and you're going to have problems with your kidneys. And I was like, hmm, so what, what is that coming from? You, what? What is it in that protein powder that I'm having? Obviously, I've always been very skeptical since the age of three. So if someone told me something, I was like, why? Explanation. Why? <laughs> Give me a backup. And she was like, no, because the powder has a little stuff that you don't really know what it is. And I'm like, well, I actually have a label with everything explained on the back of it with the whole amino acid you know, um, uh, breakdown and everything. So... I think it's pretty clear of what it is. What, what is it that creates um, so much stress on the kidneys? Now, it is true, guys and girls, that if you're having half a kilo of protein, 500 grams a day of protein, that's going to put a lot of stress on your kidneys. It's true, and it's going to struggle to filter it that much. But for a normal person, 
to filter their protein intake it's not going to be an issue so if you are there thinking oh my boyfriend or my girlfriend they're having a lot of protein and their kidneys are going to explode no (laughs) they're not going to explode don't you worry about it yeah yeah i was i was really i I don't know how many studies are done about this but the last one i read was saying that even about five grams per kilogram is, is fine the studies show that there are obviously you don't have 20 years in time study, but you have a study which is done in three, five years and it shows that there is no effect from that. But yeah, it's, at some point, I believe that as well, if you, if you, if you believe me. I, I was <laughs> like, yeah, that's not right. Probably when I was much younger, when I was playing football, when I was playing football, definitely, I believe that. Uh, mm-hmm. And I go now, yeah, I go now one for you, uh, oh. which is more from a spare for therapy perspective, and this, this happens a lot, is about uh, postural exercises. Uh, I had heard that actually, I was telling you that I, I haven't listened to many podcasts and one of the podcasts I, I listened and actually happened to me in a real life scenario as well. Uh, it was with Aaron and Chris Knott, if you know him, and they were talking about corrective exercises, exercises for posture. And some trainers actually uh, promote uh, rear delts flies exercise for correcting posture and obviously posture is not something which is corrected through exercises and you you might change muscle balls you might just stretch an exercise increase range of, of the movement of the specific joint but just thinking that you can change your posture by doing rear flies and getting that kyphosis posture back in just by doing rear flies that's uh, a myth which i heard a few times from my clients my, my clients at that time before starting to work with me <laughs> yeah it's, it's a very naive concept and and that li- links with um oh this opens up so many stories but the whole postural issue you know especially right now guys and girls we're in lockdown most of you guys but I don't know about you, but I'm spending 15 hours a day sitting down on my laptop looking at the screen. You know, so I've got uh, I've got my foam roller, I've got my uh, Pilates ball ready, and I'm just cracking on every hour, you know, just to make sure my, my thoracic spine, so the middle of my back, is not destroyed. You know, so I'm always doing mobility. But what happens is so many people, when you go to the gym and it's like, oh, my shoulder hurts, I'm going to stretch it. And it's like, uh, yeah. well, that's not necessarily what you need to do. It's like, right, my shoulder hurts. I just need to strengthen it up and do more uh, shoulder press. And it's like, uh, no. And you see someone with an accident, with a curve on the spine just so big that you can put a, put a card at the top of it and it will be like an escalestrix, you know? <laughs> it's like, well, what I'm trying to say to you guys is, as Andre said, is then you can address, if you have um, an issue with your posture, you can, you can never, you cannot just address it to one thing, you know, oh, my lower back hurts and my upper back is, is um, really, really bendy. We can say, I'm just going to do rear delt flight. He's definitely going to not going to work. It's in a combination of a lot of stuff. And, and again, I sent, I sent to Aaron, one of my clients who, Jonathan, I'm still working with him after the year. And when he came to me, it was because he had a stroke uh, 20 years ago and he, the left side of his body was paralyzed. The doctor said, this is as, as, this is, that's it. Like, this is as good as it's going to be, you know? And then 
uh, they said, There's no, you're not going to be able to do pull-ups. Because obviously I wanted to speak to the doctor firsthand. And then he came back to me and said, the doctor said, I'm not going to be able to do pull-ups. I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do that. And I was like, wait a second, man. You've never done a strength training. You never had the time to actually experiment and trying to strengthen up the joints around the, the rotator cuff and, and everything else. So after the four... 10 months working with him and seeing amazing progress. I thought I'm just going to send it to Aaron to see what's his opinion because Aaron is an osteopath and he's fucking psh, on it. And when he came back uh, with the actual assessment and the process, it was pretty much the stuff that we were doing taking to, took it kind of like to the next level. And again, it's exactly what you said. It proves that when people say like, when you go on Instagram, it's like, oh, is your lower back hurting? Do this exercise. Uh, is your ankle hurting? Do this exercise. Do you want to get big biceps? Do this exercise. So many times it's not going to be the 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 appropriate thing for you yeah. to do because you need to look at the, the individuality and the different factors, you know. And and for example, for me, I as an example, right? Um, I had I had problems with my left shoulder, supraspinatus, for so many years because of basketball, right? And and it, go, it goes and comes, but the, the issue is, is shorter, you know? So I had to study and I went to different people to tell me that the actual problem right now is more like the connection with my brain, the actual nerve. That is actually telling me during pain, well, I'm fine, you know? But long story short is I do more poor movements than push pull uh, movements because otherwise my, my posture, like you just see me in real life, I've got a very dominant big chest. It's like if... If I were to carry on that way, I would end up like like this guy from Notre Dame thingy uh, film, you know. It's like those, those kind of things people don't consider them, you know. So posture issues, poof, is like the top one <laughs> in uh, yeah. myth and legends, especially soldiers. Yeah, exactly what you mentioned now about uh, about uh, sensitivity. So that's I think it's called desensitization of the neural pathways. So I got something as well so when you get injured obviously and it becomes a chronic issue and the tissue actually gets 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 fixed um you still get pain though it's yeah. just that sensitization of the neural pathways and uh, that's pretty from my understanding now that's something which takes a lot of time to work on and change and Absolutely. something else you mentioned as well which is which is really uh interesting is just stretching out so it's just such a uh ignorant advice to give just stretch out stretch out like uh, your your shoulder is painful stretch out your hamstring after a food, uh, after a football game is is painful you just uh, heard the click in your hamstring stretch, stretch out. out yeah stretch out go dangerous. ahead dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's that comes to that uh, perspective and that perception of at least do not harm so if you if you are a qualified pt and you you think that is out of your scope of practice at least try to not give bad advice to the person in order to make the issue even even uh, more problematic at the end yeah absolutely and this comes down to so for you guys listening it's like i mean a lot of i don't know about you but i mean a lot of when clients are skeptical in that way so my clients all the way through the lesson they're asking questions more and more and more and more. And this is something that I always tell them. I don't take, don't take everything that I say or everyone says for granted. Ask questions. Ask me why I put this into your program. Ask me why we're doing this with your nutrition, you know, because you, you, you learn on the back of it. You learn something that you can apply in the future. But as you say then, unfortunately, we live in a, we live in a world right now where 
I remember the other day I uh, had actually on the same day two messages from two different girls saying, I've heard about this Kearney something on Instagram. I don't even know her name, Kearney something. Well, she, she posts a lot of uh, exercises on her life, you know, the typical banded hip throws for your glutes and kickbacks and donkey kicks and all this crap, right? It's like, I don't, I'm not sure it's too efficient. My lower back is hurting a lot. It's like, there you go. That's literally <laughs> the cake in the pudding because it tells you how you have someone who is in really good shape or decent shape with a big profile telling loads of people what to do, but you don't even know what was the level of knowledge you know, of, of that person. You know, the, some, of, some of those influences out there. Uh, Andrea and myself, we joke about this at the gym a lot, you know, saying... If you if you ask the person of what's the <laughs> of the origin of the insertion of the of the bicep femoris, they will probably look at you like biceps. <laughs> what biceps femoris? And it's like yeah, yeah. again, it's not it's not being full of ourselves, but again, it's what we're saying, telling you guys at the beginning is the same way you wouldn't go to a dentist with no teeth, or the same way that you wouldn't ask uh, financial advice to a homeless person, you wouldn't ask advice to a coach who is clearly, is clearly obvious that they don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> so, yeah, do you agree with yeah. this? And, and, yeah, definitely. And I just uh, took one sentence from what you said, like, don't don't trust what, what you are saying. I don't trust what you are saying. You, you shouldn't trust what I'm saying. Like that was one of my biggest things to get over because when I just started to be more active on social media and I started to just get engaged into the business I'm doing with online coaching, it was, I was afraid of just not being wrong. That was my biggest fear. And the truth is that I got to a point where if I'm wrong, I, 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 you need to be able to take that do some more research on it because everyone is wrong at some point. I'm, I'm telling you, even the best researchers in their field oh, have been wrong at some point. And I just took that responsibility if I'm posting something and someone gets back to me and is telling me, mate, you're wrong here. You just need to do some more research. I'm going to happily do that because uh, it's not about how many years of experience you have. It's just about the fact that fitness industry is continuously de developing and you, you can't know everything. You get you you do your best to give the best advice possible, uh, but sometimes you're just wrong, and you need to get used with that. I love it. I love it. I love that you said that because it just shows, uh, like you you're very very humble. Uh, I like to think that I'm very very humble as well. And obviously, I, I can I can guarantee that two years ago, I wasn't the same coach as I'm right now, and five years ago I wasn't the same coach, and last year I wasn't the same coach. You know, you always evolving and developing yourself and as you said just then fortunately for us which is a good thing there's so many people out there doing research you know like i remember we were talking about um muscle activation and hypertrophy in in hamstrings in semitendinosis and 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 bicephemoris in body this and rdl competitive deadlift with a with a seated curl you know you we could we were talking about that then we saw Things like that, they, they just tells you that you, you're always willing to learn more and, and change your own opinion, you know, and, it, and it's good because it's good for your clients as well. So, oh, yeah, it's all good. It's all 100%. Good. 100%. Right, guys. So, he has been uh, a very interesting one today with Andre. Uh, 
I think we've gone on and off topics, on and off topics. But again, this I wanted to be this episode more a bit of an introduction to Andre and having more a normal um, conversation between two coaches and how do we see the world and how we how do we help our clients. And well, before we go, Andre, just tell us where where can they find you? Where where, where are you? Are you on Facebook? Are you on Instagram? Website? Just tell us. So guys, girls, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm the most uh, active, let's say. Uh, the name, my name is my business name, which is A-A-S, which is from my initials. It's Andre Alexandru Scheol. Uh, physical, so that's going to be pretty hard to find. But anyway, uh, probably um, Zach can guide you towards my Instagram account. I'm, I'm quite frequent there. And if you have any questions, obviously drop, drop them to to Zach and maybe we can just come with something up if we can help. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'll put all the info and all the links on how can you find Andre and how can you keep up with his with his uh, journey as well and working with the, his clients and his own physique. because uh, as he's mentioned he's got a few injuries as well that will be interesting to discuss. So maybe you can ask him. Because we're both broken. <laughs> so you could ask us about uh, different injuries. And well, I think we're going to leave it uh, here for today. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure, guys. Uh, I hope that you're well. I hope you're all training at home. Please don't be a pussy thinking, oh, I can't train because this is snowing. Oh, I can't train because I don't have equipment and blah, 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 blah. Um, um, you're not going to like this. You know, some, some people are probably hearing it like, oh, this guy, Zach, he's always telling stuff, tough shit. I like to think that you either decide you choose to win or to lose on every single situation and you can't be in the middle you can't be half winning or half losing you're either winning or losing you know so guys you either take action and crack on and train or you lose and you stay at home and you do fuck all right <laughs> with all of this uh Andrew, you want to say anything else no just thanks for inviting me here it was a pleasure and looking forward to the next one perfect bye guys so we'll see you soon this has been everything for today with andre and your host there, Zach Gonzalez. This has been the Fitness for Real Life. And I will see you guys very soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>